There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Well, good evening, my friends. Welcome to the show about money. It's Hi-Fi Radio. I'm delighted to be able to spend an hour with you. Hopefully, we can put some wealth into your health, and that's what it's all about. I do hope you are all healthy and wealthy and wise. Uh, Indeed, it's a new year, new beginnings, uh, or a continuation of uh, 2020. God forbid, no. Uh, No, it is a new year, my good friends, and, uh, well, uh, we're off to a good start. I cannot tell you how delighted I am uh, to have such an esteemed guest join us today, uh, Mr. Drummond Mbrodeau. Uh, he is a certified financial analyst, uh, senior vice president, and global strategist at Signature Global Asset Management. Um, Jack and I use uh, Signature's Global Growth and Income Fund for many of our RESPs and TFSAs. Uh, last year, the fund generated a return of in and around 15%. Nothing to sneeze at in a COVID uh, environment. The, the fund is an $8 billion fund, and it does uh, expand uh, the globe, which I think makes it very, very interesting. Uh, Drummond, uh, thank you very kindly for joining us. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Get out your crystal ball, your charts, your pen, your paper, your calculator, your gonculator, whatever it takes. Uh, give us a call on 2021. What's in store? Uh, well, happy New Year, uh, Wolfgang, and uh, thank you for uh, for for uh, for having me uh, on uh, on board. Um, and uh, I agree with you. Good riddance to 2020 and bring on uh, 2021 <laughs> uh, from an overall perspective. Having said that, it wasn't a bad year in 2020 from an investment perspective. Um, and so one thing we always have to keep in mind is, uh, you know, when you're looking at investments, managing investments, you just got to cut through a lot of the other noise that's out there and focus on what matters for markets. Um, and last year was a great uh, sort of a driver of that. This year is going to be a bit of, I think, a, a, a similar dynamic um, but uh, in terms of uh, you know having to sort of you know cut through and focus on what's important, uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic year from an economic perspective, from an outlook perspective. I think I look out uh, over the 2021 and look. Let's be honest. The next um, two months are going to be just dire from a pandemic perspective, from a COVID perspective. There is going to be uh, like it, you can see the numbers. We know that we have to get through this. Uh, next couple of months, which are going to be completely uh, uh, pretty tough. Um, but we've also got now the vaccine that is sort of coming out and rolling out, and that will continue uh, to be uh, sort of rolled out on a global basis in the coming months. And so as we start getting into um, the springtime, into uh, uh, sort of into March, April, May, um, let alone that being season will be better for viruses um, in terms of the warmer weather, the vaccine is going to be then starting to have an impact. And I think that unleashes just a massive wave then of pent-up economic demand that we are going to go from 2020, which was an okay year in the market, but was actually one of the worst recessionary years uh, in, our, uh, in our lifetimes. Um, and we are going to flip into that for 2021, which is going to be one of the fastest economic growth years, both domestically and globally, uh, of our lifetimes. So 
the cyclical impulse is going to be pretty significant uh, going into the uh, uh, into the uh, um, uh, second half of this uh, this year. So very rosy outlook from an economic perspective, and I actually think that's going to dominate um, for the market outlook. That's going to lead uh, to uh, equity markets being higher than where they are today. But let's not kid ourselves. We've priced some of that into the markets already. Um, so, as I say, I think it's going to be an okay year for uh, equity markets, um, but there are going to be some bumps along the way, and uh, some of it is already priced in. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, it is Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio 640 in Toronto. You know me, I'm Wolfgang Klein. I've been around the block a few times. And it's a show about money. It's a show that Jack and I, Jack Hartle, my partner, we put on each and every week for you to help you have more wealth, because more wealth means, well, hopefully some better health, at least financial health. That is, I am delighted to have uh, the privilege of spending some time this evening with a global strategist, Mr. Drummond Broder. Love your last name, by the way. Easy to say. It sounds so, well, it sounds so French, my good friend. <laughs> it really, really is. Um, he's a global strategist. Uh, and uh, again, uh, big picture thinking uh, is really uh, 80% of the outcome. Uh, it really is. It's not the names that you own. It's the big macro that drives performance it's consistency um, and it's riding through waves uh, ebbing and flowing of markets um, so without question uh, Drummond uh, last year was a interesting year the, a lot of people got shaken out of the market others uh, massively underperformed for various reasons um, we, we Jack and I and our clients and, and yourself as well have had a very very good year but the market does look forward yesterday they stormed the excuse, uh, on, on Wednesday they stormed the White House and the market closed the session at all-time highs on social media the public didn't understand how is this possible that they stormed the White House an election is being contested uh, and yet the market goes higher well again the market is looking forward so my fear uh, Drummond, is that we have a economically strong year, but again, much of that has been priced into the market, hence lackluster performance this year. I think the following year, uh, the market again will get back into gear. Uh, how do you think the year plays? I'll give us a bit of a roadmap for some twists and turns, and when in and when do you expect them to come? If you want my guesstimation prior to yours, my guesstimation, we're going to run up, we're going to have a bit of a pullback in March. Uh, then we're going to have another uh, little run-up, and then we're going to have ourselves a, a correction into Q4, and then the new four-year cycle begins, and that's dovetailing in Chief Strategist uh, or Technician uh, Javid, who's going to be joining us later in the show. So bumpy, uh, bumpy, say, Q3, and probably new highs in Q4. Again, it's a guesstimate. It's educated, Drummond. Um, speak to it. What's, what's your, what's your uh, forecast for the year? I, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not radically different. We're starting off strong. And what we're, I mean, as you said, it's been a crazy week that we've just gone through. Um, I think I was told the last time that anyone stormed the Capitol was when the Canadians marched down there and burnt it down or something around 1812. Um, so it doesn't happen very often. Um, don't quote me on that as far as direct historical uh, accuracy. But, um, uh, but what the market was reacting to was obviously the Georgia results that came out that we have now a democratic senate as well so a unified government um in uh, in uh, in washington for biden's first term uh, and that just means easier for the democrats to get some of their agenda through uh through uh, through congress uh, it's still tough when it's 50 50 you can't get the real uh, aggressive stuff through uh, but they're going to control the agenda 
McConnell's obstructionism will be removed from the equation. Um, so it likely means those $2,000 checks come out. There's more. You know, you can probably count on an extra $1 trillion, um, maybe up to $2 trillion in two different packages of extra fiscal stimulus into the U.S. economy. And that means, as we look out into for this year from an economy point of view, to your point, is we had a recovery already. Uh, that was going to be, you know, one of the real most robust that we've uh, we've seen from an economic growth perspective, and we're throwing more fuel on that fire. So it's just we faster growth, uh, which is why you have slightly higher interest rates today, um, but it's more stimulus, faster growth, and yet we still have a Federal Reserve that says we are not raising interest rates. We are not going to start removing the punch bowl. And that's actually a key, key issue because we're going into this sort of economic recovery of a powerful buildup in the economy going. That's when the Fed starts to sort of lean against it or tighten. And that's what they're not doing this time. So we're going to get all this stimulus coming in, this economic growth, and interest rates are staying at zero. And there is the biggest challenge to every investor out there if you're looking at investing your sort of long-term savings, retirement savings, or living off it. We're in a zero interest rate world. Um, and that's why, as I say, you're seeing some of this, you know, stronger uh, economic growth, stronger earnings growth, zero interest rate, favorable setup for markets. And I agree that's going to serve what's driving us now. We're at valuations that are at uh, stretched. Um, let's uh, be honest, uh, I think it will be supported ultimately by the economic uh, and earnings growth that will come through. Um, but there's going to be times when we're going to get pullbacks just because of, you know, there'll be some inflation concerns later this year. The show is Hi-Fi Radio. We, we like to weave in a little uh, fidelity uh, to make the show a little more palatable. And it is Saturday night, so what's wrong with a bit of music? Throwing into the money mix here. So I, as you're speaking, I'm thinking of Phil Collins' Easy Lover, uh, a.k.a. Easy Money. Um, and our chief strategist, Tony Dwyer, I'm sure you're, uh, Drummond, you're familiar with Tony Dwyer, frequent guest on CNBC, one of the smartest. In fact, Jack and I are going to say the smartest strategist on Wall Street, and he is exclusive to Canaccord, the public guys, of course, on CNBC, but we get the uh, the first dibs on his thought process. And, and he's just been pounding the table. He, he said, you, you can't put a PE multiple evaluation on stock when the Fed said interest rates are going to be zero and they are going to allow inflation to run hot. Jack yep. just pointed out to me yesterday the 10-year Treasury yield got above 1%. Uh, stay tuned. More show right after this. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Yes, indeed. Little Phil Cohen. Phil's okay. Uh, I think Phil's really good, actually. Uh, in the air tonight, come on, greatest drum solo ever. Uh, it, it, it's all about easy money, my good friends, and, and, and that is the theme for investing today. Understanding that money has never been cheaper, and the price of money is the interest rate. And you know, it's amazing. You know, with, with these million-dollar mortgages, people are now assuming. Uh, looking at the numbers out of America, and it's very similar up here. Debt service ratio remains very low. In other words, we, we have all this debt strapped on, yet with rates being virtually zero, we can afford the payments with ease, which is very positive for the banks, the bank balance sheets, and the fluidity 
of the marketplace. Uh, Drummond Brodeur is a senior vice president, global strategist with, with Signature Global Asset Management, uh, the fund that Jack and I put our TFSAs and RESPs into uh, when we want a global balanced approach is uh, the Global Growth and Income Fund is their flagship fund. You know, something, when you go into a restaurant and you're going to order a steak, order the signature steak. When you're using a mutual fund, go with the flagship product. After all, they built their empire around it. There's got to be something good to that. Uh, Drummond, thanks again for spending some time with the audience. You're a seasoned individual uh, with a big brain, and I can't thank you enough for spending some time to us. But the, the little Phil was okay to start the show for you. It's the second hit. So, yeah, well, thank you, Wolfgang, for having me. I'd just say there's one other song I think you should include uh, in that repertoire for this year, as well as Easy Money, and that's the Break On Through to the Other Side by The Doors. Um, and that's because we're sort of getting to the other side. 2020 was all about a pandemic and a virus, and 2021 is about using that vaccine to break on through to the other side and put it beyond us. And I think that's what's going to drive uh, the animal spirits, the pent-up demand, uh, and the growth. Uh, as we go through this year. Well, here, here, too. Hey, uh, Drummond, uh, Jack wants to uh, ask you a couple of uh, questions. Uh, Jack, over to you, pal. Yeah, thanks, Wolf. And uh, Drummond, thanks for joining us. And as we break on through to that other side, what, what sectors do you see benefiting the most? We're looking at cyclicals and economic-sensitive names, but where are you guys focused, and, and what do you think matters uh, to, to driving the economy here? Okay, and that's, that's a super question, because I think that's what is going to really make um, a big difference uh, this year um, going forward in terms of where and how you want to be positioned. Um, now, I have three investment rules, if you'll sort of, uh, uh, sort of, sort of uh, indulge me for a few minutes. I've been talking to a lot of our sort of clients saying there's three basic rules, I think, that you have to use to guide your investments. First of all, be active. It's going to be a crazy, volatile time over the next decade, a lot of change happening. You have to be able to understand what you're doing, what's going on, uh, be on top of things and be active in terms of how you manage your portfolios, whether stock selection, asset allocation, etc. The second rule is the important one with the zero interest rates is if you need income, buy income generating securities. That does not include government bonds today. That does not include GICs. That does not include putting money in the bank. You get a zero rate return on there. Inflation is two, which means you're getting a, a negative real rate of return and government bonds on uh, GICs, et cetera. And if you need income, therefore, by income-generating securities, you have to start looking increasingly at equity markets for income. If you're trying to buy income in equity markets, you focus on the equity, the income-generating part of the market, real assets, real estate, infrastructure, et cetera, that are generating sort of free cash flow, flowing that back to shareholders. Not the most exciting dynamic part of the market, but where in your portfolio you want income, focus on those sort of yieldy securities that are generating yield into your portfolio. Those are your bond replacements. In the equities, in the third rule is if you need growth, where are you going to find growth, which you typically look for in the equity markets? It's simple. Buy structural or cyclical growth stories. Avoid the zombies that are going to be disrupted by the changes happening in the economy. So in 2021, on that growth side of the story, this is about the cyclical recovery you want to be rotating, or and the market is doing that, in, into some of the more cyclical growth elements of the market. I think you know, with the rising growth, or sort of increasing growth, cyclicals, resources, emerging markets, financials are all going to do well, certainly in the first half of this year. 
Then as we go back into 2022, and as we're looking out there, and the timing of this is going to depend on how the growth plays out, at some point you're going to want to tilt back into the structural growth areas of the market that just have the long-term straight growth, because I think the cyclical boost to the economic growth rate probably rolls over in 2022. But we can talk about that as, as, the, uh, as the year goes through, because there will be a lot that determine that. Okay, but so, Mr. Drummond, let me pipe in if you don't mind. I'm yep. sorry, it's difficult to, to run a, a three-way conversation when we're not looking at each other for cues and whatnot. So don't, please don't uh, take me as being rude and interruptive. I just want to make sure that the audience understands the wisdom that you're sharing with them. Uh, so if you may just stop for a second, back up uh, a few feet. Uh, and describe uh, cyclical versus structural, and then give us uh, some specific uh, examples on both cyclical and structural ideas. Yeah, so in the structural growth areas, um, some of those are are going to be in the technology, digital disruption, internet area. They've been what we're growing going hard last year, um, where COVID accelerated a lot of that sort of structural change in the economy. Um, even if you look, we've all got accustomed to Zoom uh, calls, et cetera, work from home. Um, none of these were new trends. Like, uh, they all existed. Amazon taking it bricks-and-mortar retail, not new, but it was accelerated. Over the next decade, that disruption and change is going to continue uh, to dominate. So you are going to want to be in that, those uh, those sectors, those winners in the dis- digital disruption area, because uh, that is a you know multi-year, it's going to be a decade-long growth story. Nice. But it's run very hard right now. So that and that's we spent a lot of last year focused and tilted into some of those areas. Right now, though, when the economy is starting to sort of really pick up on a global basis, it's been led by uh, uh, China, it's been led by the stimulus, it's going to continue. Um, it gets more fuel in the fire with, as I say, the, uh, the democratic sweep. Um, that's going to just drive that sort of basic economic, you know, those companies that are very sensitive to underlying economic growth. And that includes uh, some of the, uh, the commodity spaces that we've, uh, uh, we've uh, been adding exposure to in uh, late last year. Um, that stronger reflationary play will steepen the yield curve. So longer rates, interest rates will rise. As we saw the 10-year up to 1%, still low, but the short rate is still down at uh, zero where it's staying. But that, a steeper yield curve uh, is very favorable backdrop for financials. So a lot of your financials and your banks will benefit in this uh, cyclical uh, recovery. Um, we see the China consumer as a still another huge emerging growth area. Um, and so tilting into some areas, some of the luxury goods, uh, they'll continue to uh, spend on some of the travel areas. So there's a lot of these cyclical growth things that will, uh, will benefit. And that's where we've sort of had added more exposure um, for the start of this year. We started doing this in October. And as I say, we're going to, uh, with an eye, probably continue this. Energy is also in this space uh, over the first half of this year. And then the debate goes to be, as I say, if we go back to a slower growth pace following this growth surge, okay, I'm probably going to want to get back to these structural growth stories. Technology, it's going to include some, uh, and when I just say technology, I mean broad, like technology is not a sector anymore. It's actually a lot more ubiquitous. Um, It's often included in consumer discretionary and other uh, other areas. But those digital disruptors, I want to have exposure to something we refer to as the longevity economy. Uh, the spending of the uh, basically the uh, the over 65 crowd, which is uh, going to account for about 70% of the uh, sort of growth in consumer spending in the coming decade. Okay, it's a whole new cohort of people that we've never had in history before of people retiring who are the healthy, uh, they're wealthy, and they have you know multiple decades 
uh, to sort of live a healthy uh, retirement. How they choose to spend that retirement, where they choose to spend the money is going to drive whole new sort of uh, parts of the economy. I want exposure to those, some of those structural growth stories. Well, they, they, let me again pipe in here, if you don't mind. Uh, we don't believe they're going to be jumping on cruise ships anytime soon. So based on your, based on your work um, and your focused groups and the likes and the research that you've um, uh, accumulated, uh, we're talking about the baby boomers once again. Follow the baby boomers or follow the baby boomers' kids. And the baby boomers' kids, um, by the way, are getting involved more and more in household formation. They're getting married. They're having kids. They're over 30, and they're going to buy stuff. But you're referring to the boomers, once again, driving economic activity. You're also talking about the luxury market in Asia, which is very, very fascinating to me. I was uh, disrupted from going on a trip to Japan, but uh, somehow in a factoid uh, about the Japanese um, culture, um, the the amount of money spent on cosmetics and, and, and uh, beauty and, 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 and surgery and the like to, to have eternal youth is the highest in the world. Uh, luxury items that you're indicating coming out of China. There's this huge emerging market uh, of, of a newfound wealth coming out of China. So to play the likes of Louis Vuitton, uh, Vuitton or uh, the, the, these luxury brands does make some sense. But it almost seems so premature uh, that we're just coming out of a crisis. We're not talking luxury goods out of the hopper. Uh, so speak to that. Like, What else are you seeing uh, these regional nuances that we can play on up here in North America? Well, I think China is one thing China did le- has led uh, the world out of the virus in terms of their economy recovering. Um, but I think we're going to see this play out again in North America. As we said, markets look forward to uh, our forward-looking uh, uh, um, enterprises. And if I look out sort of six months and we say, hey, it's all clear at this point on the virus, and trust me, the economy doesn't wait for the all clear. As it starts to open, the animal spirits will start to come through. But there's a huge increase in uh, household savings rates. So in this pandemic, um, what's been different compared to most uh, uh, recessions is um, uh, a an awful lot of the uh, the uh, like the unemployment was concentrated in a lot of the uh, the lower income areas, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, but they also had massive stimulus support to uh, to um, um, offset them in terms of the, uh, as I say, $600 checks, now going to $2,000 checks to everyone, unemployment insurance, etc. So huge amount of stimulus pour- pushing into there, whereas the, up- the wealthier parts of the workforce weren't able to go out and spend. So savings rates are at uh, extremely elevated levels to support that pent-up demand. So I do think even consumers here, when, they, when the green light goes on, they are going to go out and they are going to sort of spend particularly on travel. Uh, as I say, all of us, I mean, I have a spouse who, you know, would love to get somewhere warm uh, when it opens up. Um, and I think we're going to see an explosion of spending on uh, uh, when people are allowed out again. And oh, so it'd be, be like a three, two, one, go uh, without, <laughs> without question. Um, in the interest of time, Drummond, I, I want to ask you two questions. We're going to load them together into one. A, what keeps you up at night? And B, you're talking about throwing out a trillion, maybe two trillion dollars of stimuli. The financial crisis only consumed, I think, three, four hundred billion when and jaws dropped to, when when that was going through Congress. But you're talking about trillions of dollars. Uh, the chickens, I got to come home to roost. That's what keeps me up at night. You got sixty seconds, pal. Speak to it. Yeah. Hey, look. Short term is if this vaccine doesn't work, disaster. Uh, we don't think that's the base case. The bigger issue is 
um, this decade, unprecedented time. How do we deal with this debt overhang? How do we get growth up to be able to support it? We are in the midst of a geopolitical recession. I wrote about it about a year and a half ago, uh, and it is still going on steroids. The inequality, the uncertainty, the challenges our societies are facing have not gone away, uh, and even with the change in elections. So how that plays out or resolves me is what worries me uh, on the longer term. But it doesn't always play short term into the markets, and that's an important differentiator. But what drives markets versus what are some of these longer term challenges that we're facing? Because they are significant. They are, you know, and, and so on a final note, <laughs> give me a timeline. What's your guesstimation? When do the chickens come home to roost? My guess is 10 years, and that's when the sector bull market ends. Again, we're going to have a technician on in a few minutes, but when do you, what's your guesstimation? How much time do we have to work with you before uh, she all blows up again? I, I think we've got to figure this answer out in the next, uh, the next five years, uh, what that path is going to look like. And um, right now, with interest rates where they are at zero, you can borrow. As, like, there's no limit to your borrowing when interest rates are zero. But it's going to hurt like hell when interest rates rise. And so um, these challenges are mounting. And as I say, I think the social contract, but as I say, I agree with you. It's, it's, this next decade is going to be supported by these low rates. But we're kind of playing the last card that we have in the deck here. And we're going to have to figure out, you know, how do we reshuffle and, uh, and uh, develop a new a new social contract and construct to uh, to rebuild. Yeah, Quite man. Perfect. Well, I'm going to say go fish. Drummond Burger, <laughs> CFA Senior Vice President, Global Strategist at Signature Global Asset Management. Brilliant speak, my friend. I can't thank you enough for your time. I want to wish you a safe weekend and a very prosperous 2021. Uh, Jack's lined up a brilliant guest uh, for us coming up. His name is Javin Mirza. He is our chief technician uh he's gonna look at the charts and give us a, a roadmap for 2021 he's a brilliant man stay tuned you're gonna learn so much don't go anywhere there's more great show after this you're listening to hi-fi radio from global news radio 640 toronto i found an island in your arms country in your eyes It is High Five Radio, my good friends. High finance, high fidelity, and hey, high five to you, my good friends. It's a delight. It's a pleasure. It's a privilege to spend an hour with you. Hope you're comfy. Hope you're safe. Hope you're well. Hope you're wealthy. Uh, you know, it is that time of the year we tend to get a little more serious about our finances. The bills start to come in, and we reflect on the year that was and the year that is going to be. And, you know, I have to say so far, so good, my good friends, the glass is half full. And, you know, some it's always half full. You have to be an optimist to get through life, I think. Uh, but a, rea a realist is also good. Pessimists don't make a lot of money. So try not to be a pessimist. A realist or an optimist is my recommendation, uh, certainly when it comes to the world of finance. And what you see today is not what the markets are looking at. The market is always looking about six months forward. There is a constant disconnect and it really frustrates um, many uh, investor. And that's where having an expert team like the Wolf on Bay Street with Jack Hartle and myself and Zach Kim and Kathleen Klein and Javit and our entire team to help you uh, d disseminate between fact and fiction and, and what matters to the bottom line, which is your money. Uh, you know, we had a remarkably volatile 2020 Yet uh, Jack and I and our clients are in our growth strategy up 20% for the year. And I have to say, it's actually the best year we've ever put on the board. And I'm going to credit that to a lot of experience. Experience does pay. 
And in uh, this industry, thank goodness, uh, you know, Jack pivoted from being a pro hockey player into the world of finance. And, you know, Jack, if you're still doing the hockey thing, well, you would have been retired a long time ago, skates hung up and not sure what to do, but uh, jumping out to Bay Street was a very smart decision you made. And you're a very, very smart man, Jack, eh? Well, I would say it's a, a good decision for sure. And it's uh, it's very challenging, just like hockey was. But it's, uh, you know, being on Bay Street, being in the financial markets, something new is happening every day. We just saw that this week, something that we never saw before. Uh, you know, obviously last year with the virus and then this year, uh, first week with them storming Congress. So there's always something new and you always have to adapt and change. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. And I used to be in broadcasting in radio. I worked in radio. and I loved radio. Uh, music radio was fun because it was live. You know, you turn on the radio and there's something going on. They're playing a song or they talk about a contest or who knows what. It was fun. It was live. The markets are live. They're living. They're breathing. They are a global organism. And I'm so attracted to this business. It's a business that, unfortunately, I probably won't retire from terribly graciously. Uh, I just see myself hanging around. I'm 55. And, you know, I could put another 15 years on the board. Uh, We've got to do something with our time. We've learned that with COVID. Can't sit around doing nothing all day. That's not productive. That's not healthy. Uh, no, uh, I have Ikiga. Jack has Ikiga. Jack, what's Ikiga again? It's purpose. Well, if you wake up every morning with a purpose, so whether it's uh, whatever your passion is, it could be it could be for some people hockey. It could be for us the markets. Uh, whatever you enjoy, because uh, if you enjoy it, you're gonna uh, want to do it more and excel or excel at it. You know, you have to have a few interests in life, more than just one. Um, it's, I think it's very important. Uh, it just makes it, – it's, it's interesting. It's exciting. You know, of course, I have my family who I love very much. And I love the markets. I love helping people build wealth. Uh, I also have this real thing for food. I'm just, I'm just digging food more and more, and uh, this COVID thing has caused me to become better at food. I do miss my uh, night school at George Brown College where I was taking culinary programs. But, look, I'm digressing. Uh, Jack, why don't you bring on our next guest? He's a, he's a rock star. So I'll let you introduce him and, uh, and get uh, get him started. Sure. Uh, and it's Javid Merzer. We mentioned him before. He's been on. He's a, a regular guest of Hi-Fi Radio. Uh, he is our market technician here at Canaccord, and he just came out with a uh, his annual report, uh, just giving us the, the roadmap ahead. So I'm just hoping that uh, we could bring him on. And Javid, if you could maybe speak to what you see uh, for the markets for over the next 12 months. Sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, so what we're seeing here, so first thing I'll step back is uh, talk about uh, looking backwards. So last year at this time, uh, I, we talked about our view for next year and a couple of the ideas and our target outlook for the S&P 500 was 3,700. And then we highlighted a variety of, idea, of ideas. So we've kept the same format. Uh, we were off 50 points on our target for the S&P 500, which of course we left untouched during the pandemic when you know, most analysts were screaming sell, uh, we were screaming buy. And what I would say is our target this year is around 39.50. Now, a caveat to that is it's likely going to be front-end loaded. And uh, the four-year cycle reset uh, we see happening either at the end of this year or early 2022. So for those of you who have missed out on, uh, you know, the games that have occurred in the latter half of this year or after the pandemic. Uh, I wouldn't fret too much. You're going to get another opportunity towards the end of this year uh, or early 2022. Jeff, I want to jump in on that point. Um, Jack, Jack and I, of course, we, we, we handle money for about 300 families. And uh, we're, we're doing our best to train our families to give us money when the news is bad. And, you know, we're, doing, we're working hard, working through the psychology 
of doing the uncomfortable thing. Uh, the, the, it's the least likely thing that tends to be the best thing to do. It, it's not a matter of life, eh? Um, you know, doing the hard job first, uh, doing the difficult task. The difficult task is buying stuff when no one wants it. Uh, after the move, everyone wants in, and that's the problem. So. Uh, you're speaking perhaps of a correction at the end of the year. I mentioned uh, during our last segment um, with uh, Drummond Brodeau, the strategist from CI, that I, I suspect a, a correction, a small one in March, and then I expect one in, in Q3, that good old September, October, uh, then dovetailing into your four-year cycle reset, so Q4 being okay. Um, the question is, we got new money coming out of this, Java. So, again, the, the show is all about doing my job. On radio, that's what Jack and I are doing right now. Um, with new money, uh, David, what do you do with it? Do you wait till the end of the year, or do you, do you? How do you put it to work? Well, I would say we're actually expecting some sort of corrective phase here in Q1, uh, looking at around a five to ten percent pullback. So I'd probably look to so maybe March. Some... Like perhaps my March period might not be a bad call. Yeah, it might might not be. Um, we're actually looking at sometime in the next couple of weeks, but. You know, Maybe right after the inauguration of the president. I'm sorry to jump in. It's a, a little no, that's a great right point. Now. That's exactly – that could be exactly the, the perfect timeline. So I, I do – Buying rumors fell on news. That's what – sorry, the 20th of January? Yeah, it could be around. I think it's going to likely happen in the next couple of weeks, and that should set us up for uh, a move into phase three uh, later this summer. And I think we'll talk about phase three when we come back from commercials. You're getting good, Javid. Hey. So, Jack, next time I take vacation, which I tend not to, but we'll get to have the co-host, and he can actually lead the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, 640 in... Over to you, Javid. Toronto? You got it. Listen, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Yes, indeed, my good friend. That's what we try to do, Jack and I. Rock your world, your money world, that is. And it's allowed to be fun. You know, I believe in life that when you have fun, I don't care what you are doing, you perform better. Hey, big smile on your face. Not so serious, right? This business of finance is science, but it's also art, right? There's a whole lot of unknown. That's where you have to get creative with your thought process. Uh, Javid Mirza, he is a technician, uh, a market strategist uh, with Canaccord. Um, and again, Javid's focus is looking at charts and four-year cycles. Um, so, uh, Javid, we left off talking about, uh, you know, the year as it's going to play out, the volatility. Perhaps after the inauguration of the president, we get a 5-10% pullback. So if you haven't put money to work, perhaps that's your chance to leg some money into the marketplace. But you think that we're going to get another kick lower don't get negative listeners it's a little kick lower in in the perhaps q3 uh which i think you said is the part of allowing the market to move into phase three of a four phase cycle so please javid speak to that yeah so just to elaborate on that uh every right now we're in a secular bull market you know i've been on the show now for the last couple of years talking about the secular bull market which our work suggests has upside out into 2030 so within that secular bull market in equities, you can divide, which is a 20 to 25 year cycle, you can divide it further into these three to five year cycles. And that's what most people are aware of or refer to as the business cycle. 
So you get this uh, period of time where everything's hunky-dory, and that's where we're in right now. And we call that phase three, and that's also where the stock market peaks. And one of the things that we're looking for is uh, the resource sector typically does really well here because demand is high, so uh, inflation starts to creep on through. And uh, basic materials, so copper, uh, you're seeing that, uh, you know, uh, highly bid. A lumber, which was our favorite commodity for last year, uh, which was up over 100%. Yeah, and then um, uh, the other thing is energy. So energy was a big dog last year, but we think it should do really, really well this year because if the economy is pumping on all cylinders, people are going to be using that gas to to move goods around, to to drive around. uh, It should just be it's the the blood of the uh, economy. So. That is what we're talking about for phase three. Uh, So that's positive from an economy perspective. But as you alluded to at the start of the show, the stock market's always looking six to nine months ahead. So if the economy is running on a full steam, that's when the market already should be uh, beginning to peter out and look ahead. So we think that uh, this summer, uh, crew is likely to hit 60. The economy will be running on all cylinders. All the looking backward, driving from your rearview mirror economic data will be looking pretty strong. And then people are going to be wondering why the market's going to be weak uh, in the latter half of this year. So call it, you know, I'm just throwing it out there, October, November, December of this year. Potentially, we get the bigger correction January, February, March of next year. But the bottom line is we should still have another strong rally through into the summer. But at that point is where I'd start to put on the brakes. And uh, if you haven't deployed cash at that time, I think I would just sit on my hands, which, as we've talked about, is the hardest thing to do. Um, but what type of a pullback uh, is normal? Uh, and you, you, you backdate this. You look at the data yeah. at, at, at every cycle. So yeah. what can we expect with market peaks? What kind of a pullback? That's a great question, Wolf. And so what I would say is typically it's around 15 to 20%. And the duration is around 34 weeks. So it's not like a quick rug pull. Obviously, COVID-19, that was, in our view, a black swan event. Uh, It was one of those once-in-a-century type events. Or hopefully it's a a once-in-a-century type event. But uh, the bottom line is, you know, the economic cycle will reign supreme uh, towards the end of next year. And then I think... We'll see some of the after effects of COVID because I think there's going to be a fair number of businesses that aren't able to to weather the storm. And, you know, COVID exacerbated a bunch of trends that was that were already in place. So online shopping, online working, those trends were all coming down the line. But COVID uh, really pushed them to the forefront. So if we do get a correction, Jack, please jump in when you when you wish into time as well. But if we do get a correction, Javid, um in the uh, mid, late summer, fall, uh, you'd have to think then the market won't be strong enough to rally back, which means I would have to think you're calling for a negative outcome for this year. Well, it's funny because, you know, I'm positive on the first half of this year, but we could see that. We could see that, uh, let's say we're up 10 15% in the summer, yeah. and then we give that all back in and the second half of the year. Yeah, give that all back in the second half of the year. So this year could be flat. And one of the things that actually suggests that could happen is that if you look at most Wall Street strategists, they're actually pretty constructive on the year. So to me, that... Yeah, I agree. They always are constructive. You tell me a strategy with a series of things it's going to be a bad year next year. Always constructive. Mark's going to be up 8%. It's it's funny. Jack and I put that in our most recent uh, market commentary. Jack and I host client conference calls. 
with the exclusive to our clients, unfortunately. We're fortunate. They pay for it. So they deserve some one-on-one time with Jack and I. But we, we did all of the forecasts for all of Wall Street. And the variance was quite large. I think it was, it was up three to up 20 for the broad marketplace. Uh, and Jack, it's just a time. Uh, you, got, you got a quick one for Javid there? Sure. Yeah, we got a new president uh, being inaugurated in a couple of weeks, Javid. Uh, what are your thoughts on that with the presidential cycle? And then um, how does the storm in Congress sort of fit into the equation there? Okay, great question. So just in terms of the presidential cycle, so uh, there's another, uh, this is different from the three to five year market cycle. But what I would say in terms of the presidential cycle, typically, I think it's around five to 6% has been the historical return for the S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrials during the first year of a new president. Now, in regards to, uh, you know, that storming the Congress, you know, there's something it's something you guys alluded to. There's always something new. You have to be able to adapt and adjust. So, and that's what makes the market exciting. So, uh, definitely, uh, the United States of America is not where I expected to see uh, those kinds of scenes play out. Um, but uh, from the market reaction, the market's saying, "Look, uh, we'll weather the storm. This is a temporary political hiccup." But it looks like most of uh, what we're going to see come through from the Biden administration, the market so far is receiving positively. So we'll see what happens after the election. But from my perspective, everything looks pretty, pretty rosy, at least for the first half of the year. But then I think things will start getting really bumpy. Yeah, well, I would totally agree with Javid. The market was really looking through the news and the noise of storming of Congress. And they're looking at the economic recovery and the Biden administration, the additional money that they're going to be spending uh, from fiscal spending and stimulation in the economy. History in the making, I was scratching my head, my jaw was on the floor, uh, you know, one eye on the screen, the other eye on the market. Uh, the disconnect, uh, the history in the making, it was an unbelievable day. Uh, it really, really was unbelievable uh, week. And, well, we're off to a good start for 2021, so we should all smile. Please, any questions, uh, any interest, uh, it's WolfgangKlein.com. Uh, we put up our portfolios. Take a look at the performance. Uh, I think you'll be very, very impressed. In fact, I know you'll be impressed. If you have any questions, give us a call. Uh, anytime, we're always here for you. I want to wish you a safe weekend, and I want to wish you a very prosperous year. You want to make some more money? Listen next week. Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, 640 in Toronto. Listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio for the love of money. We'll see you next week.